Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. My name's Josh. And my name's Emma. And this week Emma is leading our episode so I'll let her take it away. Okay, so first I'll just say I've got a horrible cold and it's been touch and go this week so I'm sorry about my voice. It's been bad, hasn't it? Not to do with the cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, so flesh eating, slow walking, undead monsters. No, I'm not talking about Josh before he has his breakfast. I'm talking about zombies. So first of all, I think Josh is very upset that I got this episode and he didn't because he loves zombies. Yeah. But from Zombieland to The Walking Dead, everybody has their own idea on what a zombie is or what they want a zombie to be. But a zombie is real. So when you Google the dictionary definition of zombie, it defines zombie as two things. A corpse said to be revived by witchcraft, especially in certain African and Caribbean religions. Or a cocktail consisting of several kinds of rum, liqueur and fruit juice. Okay, so two very, very different things there. <laughs> that being said, there are also two other definitions. So in popular fiction, this was when I went like further deepen, further digging. In popular fi- fiction, it is a person or reanim- reanimated corpse that has been turned into a creature capable of movement, but not of rational thought, which feeds on human flesh. And the informal definition is a person who is or appears lifeless. So, zombies are everywhere, they're in films, books and television. They lurk in the shadows, waiting patiently to pounce and feed on brains. But where do zombies come from and why do they exist? Zombies have become familiar to most Americans through horror films in the last century. Nearly all find zombies repulsive, but horror fans also find them exciting and even humorous. The gore that accompanies any respectable zombie film connects us to our fear of death in its its most prominent form, which is rotten flesh. But the fear comes with thrills and for those who can stomach it. The undead beings that we hold such fascination for are not a product of imagination, but they they actually trace back to Haiti and have roots in African religious ceremonies. So I'm going to try and not go into too much detail about the history because we will be here for ages. But where do you think zombies came from? If you believe all the films, it's you know some disease, some underlying disease that we all have in us that when you, you die, you just come back, I guess. But the that couldn't work. Why? Because imagine all the people that have died throughout history. Yeah. Or even recent history, so much so that like, some part of their body still remains in the mm-hmm. ground. That means all of them will just awake one day. We'd be fucked. We live opposite a graveyard. Yeah, I've got a plan, don't we? <laughs> do you? So, do you think zombies are real? I'm guessing so. If you've got a plan. No, not necessarily. <laughs> I can daydream. <laughs> got, a, got a lot of time to kill sometimes. <laughs> I don't think I would think I could daydream of zombies. That'd be like my worst nightmare. I'm an odd person. Okay, <laughs> I'm very practical. I've got like an itinerary. All right, Negan. <laughs> So, do you have any favourite zombie movies or programmes? Oh, come on. <laughs> Behave yourself, of course I do. It's The Walking Dead, obviously. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, let's talk about the history of zombies that I'm not going to talk about too much. But you can't talk about zombies without talking about the history of zombies. So, 
In the beginning of the 17th century in Haiti, which was known as Saint-Dominique at the time and it was ruled by France, African slaves were forced to work on sugar plantations, where the work conditions were so dire that many died within the first few years of arrival. The original zombie was a projection of the African slaves' persistent misery. Death would be the only real escape and was seen as a way to release them back to Africa and have an afterlife where they will finally be free. Suicide was very common in order to escape the brutal conditions, but those who would take their own life wouldn't be allowed to return and would be condemned to be an undead slave, a soulless zombie. In 1804, after the Haitian Revolution and the end of French colonialism, zombies became part of the Haitian folklore. The myth of the myth evolved slightly and it was mixed into the voodoo religion. Many people who follow the voodoo religion today believe that zombies are myths, but some people believe zombies are revived via a voodoo practitioner known as a bukor. It was believed that zombies were corpses brought back to life by witch doctors known as bukors and were used by them as free labour or to carry out wicked tasks. Bukors have a tradition of using herb shells animal parts and bones as well as other objects to create concoctions including zombie powders which can which contain pterodoxin a deadly neurotoxin found in pufferfish and some other marine marine species used carefully at sublethal doses the pterodoxin combination may cause zombie-like symptoms such as difficulty walking mental confusion and respiratory problems High doses of this drug can lead to paralysis and a coma. This could cause someone to appear dead and be buried alive, but then they would later revive. So jumping now to 1929, when the word zombie became more mainstream, William Seabrook heard stories that evil witch doctors had in their medicine bags, a powerful powder that sent victims into a coma so deep that they appeared to be dead. He goes on to say that after they were buried, the witch doctors snatched them from the grave and brought them back to consciousness, but in a mindless state, which meant they could be bent entirely to the witch doctor's will. Zombification was so feared in Haiti that it was listed as a crime under the Haitian Penal Code, Article 246. I would hope that giving somebody some sort of toxin to make them into you know a, para- a paralyzed state would be <laughs> illegal that makes a whole lot of sense well, what if you were just doing what if you died but you made like what if they were ill but you gave them this and it made them better but they weren't better because they were like zombie but then how is that better they're not dead that's a whole different like that that's a really deep <laughs> moral conversation though. i think i think we can skip that part okay skip that conversation so one night, going back to Seabrook, he was taken to a sugar plantation to see three zombies at work. And he, this is his quote, he said they were plodding around like brutes, like automatons. Their eyes were the worst. It, it was not my imagination. They were in truth like the eyes of a dead man, not blind, but staring, unfocused and unseeing. This book caught the attention of many readers and it was thought to be the basis of the well-known horror film White Zombie. This came out in 1932 and it started off the zombie genre in cinema. The film was thrown together in just 11 days using recycled sets from productions such as Dracula and Frankenstein. So, in 1968, The Night of the Living Dead by George A. Romero 
popularised the zombie even more and it set a precedent for the new genre of zombie. In this film, the word zombie was never used, instead the zombies are referred to as ghouls and the monsters have little in common with the Haitian zombies other than the fact that they rise from the grave. The zombies in Night of the Living Dead are portrayed as mindless flesh eaters. Romero was inspired by the vampires from the novel I Am Legend and he blended their hunger with the mindlessness of the zombies and then the modern day zombie that we all know today was born. In 1978, a decade later, the sequel came out and it was called Dawn of the Dead. In this film, the survivors were holding out in a shopping mall and zombies banged on the glass desperate to enter. This was then considered the perfect metaphor for consumerism. So the brainless monster had no individual desire other than insatiable hunger. And this is the first zombie film where our society is reflected and portrayed so vividly that the public were frightened because they could see themselves in the monster. So this set off the next zombie movies where our society is highlighted. So zombies kept much of the old DNA as they are slaves to their appetite and they are subject to the movement of the herd. So so they have a herd like... Mentality. Mentality, yeah. Like they, they just follow each other. Like you see that on like The Walking Dead. Yeah. But after the dawn of the dead, they weren't just these evil things. Like people could see themselves in them and see like, oh God. So is that film designed to be a horror film in terms of you're scared of these, these creatures that are going to try and eat you or you should be scared of yourself and your own consumer actions? I think the first one is more that you should be scared they're going to eat you and then the second one is like shit. This could be you if you carry on following consumerism. That ruins it a bit for me if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I like the, the plain simple here's a zombie be scared of it or kill it. So after Dawn of the Dead... Zombies remained unchanged for years, so he he essentially created a blueprint for zombies. Mm. Zombies are carriers of a virus. They are spread. It's spread by biting, and they destroy civilization. The chaos naturally brings out the worst elements of humanity. The virus element is also seen to li- link to mankind's fear of disease because we have suffered plagues before. So zombie movies also make the viewers think. What would I do if this happened? For years now, zombies have been anywhere and everywhere and they take every shape or form imaginable. It is no longer just the threat of zombies that is important, but it is the way that society responds to them. So if we look at The Walking Dead, for example, in which the zombies are not the main fear tactic now, it is also the way humans react to it. So, for example, there was Negan in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, he started killing people. Um, so, zombie films and zombies in itself give us the idea that humans are the real danger. So, when we're met with um, a catastrophe such as zombies, um, we act, instead of, like, it's us and the zombies, like, taking The Walking Dead, like I've just said, for example... They become a war within themselves, but then there's the zombies as well. Yeah. So, um, do you think that zombie? Do you think that zombies are the real danger, or do you think that humans would be the real danger if it happens in like real life? I think shows like The Walking Dead have it right. There's others out there, so like there's Z Nation or Z Nation. Yeah, we just started watching that. That's I think shows like they have it right because you you'd instantly become very wary of any other human beings because you know. They're, they're out for themselves. Yeah. 
if they are alone or in a group, they're probably out for themselves. So you're going to be very cautious around them. So yeah, I think that is right. Well, if you take COVID, for example, like the toilet toilet paper situation. Yeah. Everyone just... Just care for them yeah. for themselves. There would be a load of people out there and probably they'll put it on social media first to make it look like yeah. they're really fucking charitable and shit yeah. like that. But when it comes to it, everyone is out for themselves. Yeah. And... Yeah, so moving on, uh, this was the end of the history um, lesson. What do you think about zombies? I think the history within Haiti and the Haitian, well, the people that got brought over involuntarily. Yeah. I think we have touched on that previously, but it was about something else, wasn't it? But with vampires, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of the, the name. Doctor, no, not Doctor. We've, we touched on a... a um, a voodoo priest. That was it, voodoo? Yeah, yeah. It was in religion. The religion yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's interesting it comes from that. I did sort of know that, but I didn't know the yeah. ins and outs of it. But yeah, it's nice to see where it came from. And there is actually some realism to it, which that concerns me a bit because I think why I like it so much is I know it's not real. I know. That's what I think. Like, like with ghost films, like, shit, this could probably happen. But yeah. with zombies, like, mm, this probably won't happen. I probably won't. Yeah, I don't find it scary. I find it, it's entertaining. Yeah. More than but I think that may be why, because as you've said, through the years where you've just mentioned, like, the progression in film and in media, it's been more tailored to yeah. what we want to see and what would scare us or what yeah. we would find entertaining. So maybe that's why they've done it. So it creates more of an... It's, like, the sort of... Is the horror being that we want to see. So it's been created. Yeah. Well, when I was reading about, like, more into the Haitian um, and the way people, like, the English people, like, talk about it, mm. they, they are quite racist. Like, there was one article or a, from, like, the 30s or 40s that, like, it was depicting black males as zombies if they were with a white female, like, as a partner. Right. Um. So I didn't want to really touch on that because I didn't like that, obviously. But it was kind of coming across that, like, the zombies... Like, at first, like, zombies were another race and we were them. Like, yeah, that's where the mean. white zombie film came from. Like, it was whitewashing zombies and saying that those those who weren't, like, your stereotypical white person were yeah. a zombie. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So I didn't really want to touch on that like in great detail. I wanted to do about the history sort and the proper... Sort of like what they did with witches. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. A bit more... A bit more morbid and horrible, and yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, But on that note, we're going to go on to real-life zombies. Okay. Because I didn't want to do all the history because I'm not completely familiar with Haitian religion and... Yeah. Stuff like that, and I don't think it's come from my place to talk about stuff like that. Um, like it wouldn't be my place to really talk about Christianity and that because I'm I'm not really clued up on it. But let's go on to real life zombies, like I've just said. And first, let's go to Miami. Okay, <laughs> wasn't what I was expecting. So quite close to Haiti. Y- oh yeah. Oh no, but this actually saying that the man that I'm going to talk about, he is of Haitian descent. Oh. And. I didn't include this because all the like the media, like the newspaper articles, were like trying to blame the fact of his crime on that. Oh, okay. So I was like, no, we're not going to include where he's from. But I just 
now you've said that like yeah um that might have been why as well because it's close but in may 2012 on the MacArthur causeway in miami rudy eugene chewed the face off a homeless man named ronald popo and he was fatally shot by the police as a result during the 18 minute filmed encounter Eugene accused Popo of stealing his Bible. He beat him unconscious. He removed Popo's trousers and he bit off most of Popo's face above his beard, including his left eye. It left him blind in both eyes and as a result of the incident's shocking nature, the worldwide media began to dub Eugene as the Miami zombie and the causeway cannibal. The early afternoon tack, which was captured on video by security cameras overlooking the causeway, ended only when police officer Jose Ramirez fired five shots at Eugene, who was naked because he discarded all his clothes as he walked from his car that he had abandoned nearby. At the time, police and doctors speculated that Eugene was probably under the influence of a mind-altering drug, such as bath salts. But toxicology tests on Eugene revealed that there was only a recent use of marijuana. And contrary to reports that he had ripped strips from Proper's face with his teeth and swallowed them, there was no human skin found in his stomach. But there were a number of undigested pills which were discovered in his system and they had not been identified. Larry Vega, who was a passing cyclist, witnessed the attack and he likened the encounter to a scene from a zombie film. He said that the guy was tearing him to pieces with his mouth, so I told him to get off. He just kept eating the other guy away, like ripping his skin. The police officer told him several times to get off and the guy just stood his head up like that was a piece of flesh in his mouth and he growled. The guy, he was a zombie, blood dripping and it was intense. So what do you think? I'm thinking that them pills had had some effect on, on Eugene. So, I was reading that they were a new drug and that's why they couldn't identify them because it was, like, made on the black market type of thing. All right, I get you. So, it was just, like, a sort of a concoction yeah. pushed into a pill and then and he went, so Eugene has had too many of them. The homeless man is alive. He's um, he's lost... He's, getting his, he's still getting his face reconstructed, I think, the last... Last thing he was still in rehab, but he was get he was learning how to play guitar. But it wasn't. It's not a good thing, obviously. But his he was homeless, but his family thought that he died, and then they seen him on the news, and then they got back in touch with him. Right. So yeah. It isn't so, good, so but something positive did happen in the end. Yeah, but the man the man doesn't hold any ill feelings to Eugene. He just said that he was obviously having a bad day. <laughs> Fucking bad day. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> the lad had just abandoned his car and his clothes with his car. Yeah, well, I w- I'd love to know the thought process on that one. On the footage, he went to the beach and then he just he abandoned his car five miles away or something. Started stripping off. He had like five liters of water in his boots or whatever, and Gotta he drank them all. Apparently, ecstasy makes you really thirsty, so it might have been some sort of ecstasy that he was taking. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. I I'm don't messing. know. <laughs> um, yeah, so with that one, while there is the obvious fucking zombie element of biting someone's face yeah. off, I think that was drug-induced, mm. potentially. Or it could have... Well, he had marijuana, and you can go in a psychotic state with marijuana, can't you, I think? I'm sure you need a whole lot of it. Yeah. 
But his family said that he was a nice fella, but he did have a marijuana, like, not problem, but he, he did recreationally use it. So maybe... I think it's something to do with the pills. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised not really they've not been identified, even to the, to the point where the, maybe there isn't a name for that exact pill, but they can identify what's in, inside of it. There might be now. It was 2012. I know it's not that long ago, mm-hmm. but... 11 years ago. That's what I mean. Like, technology's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. We've had a bloody man-made virus since then. It was 2012. It wasn't the Dark Ages. (laughs) Okay. So, do you not think he was a zombie? Uh, I think he showed zombie traits, but I don't think he was a zombie, no. Okay, let's stay in in Florida, but we're heading to Jupiter. Um, (laughs) It's a fucking twisted fucking journey, isn't it? No, Jupiter and Florida, God. (laughs) So, in August 2016, a 19-year-old college student, Austin Harouf, reportedly stormed away from a restaurant where he'd been dining with his parents because he was upset due to the slow service and he began acting erratically and left. He then walked two miles to his mother's house where he mixed cooking oil with parmesan and attempted to drink it before his mother took him back to the restaurant. After another altercation with his father, Restaurant security footage showed Harouf calmly leaving the restaurant 45 minutes before this attack. He then walked four miles towards a couple's home where he entered their open garage and used tools which belonged to the victims to murder them. Harouf told TV psychiatrist Dr. Phil that he was escaping a demon he called Daniel and that he only had vague recollections of the killings. Harouf removed his clothes during the time and ended up outside Stevens, that's the couple's surnames, garage, which was fashioned as an outdoor relaxing space. The garage door was up, and when Harouf entered, he stabbed the couple using their own tools as well as a pocket knife he was carrying. Their neighbour, Jeff Fisher, quickly came over to help the couple, and he was also stabbed by Harouf. Harouf said that he grabbed a machete, but he doesn't remember why he killed the white, um, the couple. He admitted that he drank a range of additional chemicals in the couple's garage that caused him critical injuries. When the police arrived at the house, they found that the couple were dead and Harouf was biting at the husband's face. Police said that they were threatening Harouf with a dog. They were tasing him. So they kicked him in the head to try and get him to stop because he was biting pieces from the husband's face and a dominum. And he was also naked. He was also growling, grunting and making animal noises. Repeated use of stun guns could not sway Harouf from his victims. And finally, three officers had to pull the man away from the bodies by force. Prior to this attack, Harouf was allegedly a model student in person. However, he is said to have purchased magic mushrooms a few days before the attack. But the investigators said that they found no traces of the drug in his body. And his toxicology report came back clean. So, like I said before, he said he can't remember the, the details of the murder, but he believed that God and demons were talking to him as he attacked the couple. And his parents claimed that he was mentally ill at the time of the incident. And families of the victims angrily rejected, rejected this defence, arguing that Harif was a drug addict who was well, over, well aware of the crime that he was doing. Do I think? don't think he was. Because if he was, what was, what was his end? What was the game? What was he looking for? And why would he bite the fucking face of, of a body? Of a dead body? I think they were alive as 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 he was doing it. Like, he stabbed them, but then I think he... Okay, well, either or. 
it's still horrendous. But what was his end game? Why would he bite? Why would he be trying to eat off what? their body? Why were his parents letting him go to the meal, go away, and then come back? How well, long? Would why he... didn't they have serious questions when you seen him trying to drink fucking cooking oil and parmesan? Parmesan. Parmesan. <laughs> so, do you think he was a zombie, or do you think he was not well? I think he was not well. But it's interesting that there's a similarity with the first case in that they both took the clothes off. That's what I thought. And it's in Florida. I wonder if it's like a sort of... Um, They're getting like too hot or something. Maybe. Or like a rudimentary sort of instinct. And they've been influenced by the media in terms of they've seen zombies and that yeah. they've, they've just sort of... They've went into this frenzy state sort of thing. Yeah, because when yeah, like when people get into a certain state, they do like like rip stuff or like rip the hair or like something. Don't yeah. they? It's interesting as well the similarity in the the brute force to stop them. In the first case, the guy had to be shot five times. Yeah. In this case, he was getting tased, kicked in the face, and so all sorts, and he just wasn't being stopped. It's like a dog, isn't it? Like a like an animal instinct. Like they they they. Wait. It's yeah, it's like. I, a killer's mentality. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, I'm not stopping until I've finished the task. I wonder what caused it, though. Like, he's saying God and a demon called Daniel were talking to him. But do you think he was just ill? Well, he got, he pleaded insanity and he didn't do prison time. Yeah, because he's got a good lawyer, by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then I'll go on to two, two less recent ones. But they're both in Haiti, you know. Okay. Um, so, in 1962, doctors in Haiti had been baffled by the case of chlorovirus narcissist. He was a man in his 40s who suffered a mysterious fever and within, enough, within a fortnight he was pronounced dead by two doctors and buried. 18 years later, his sister was traumatised when a heavy-footed and vacant eye man approached her at the market. He claimed to be her brother and he told her that he had been zombified by a witch doctor and put to work on a sugar plantation in the intervening years. At the time of his death, he said that he had been conscious but he was rendered immobile and he could hear that his sister was weeping as he was pronounced dead, but he was unable to protest as the coffin was lowered into the ground. When two Haitian psychiatrists quizzed him on aspects of the family's past that only a relative would know, he answered all the questions and many villagers believed that he was the man that they did know. He only came out of his sleepwalking state two years after the death of the witch doctor who had hexed him. On investigating his case, Wade Davis, who was an author, found that the man who had died and came back had a reputation as a philanderer and fathered several ir- illegitimate children. So he concluded that zombification may have been a punishment for his ways. Um, the author, Wade Davis, who is known for his best-selling book about the zombies of Haiti, persuaded a local medicine man to part with the recipe for zombie powder. The ingredients include the crushed skull of a baby, a dead toad wrapped in dried sea worm, and puffer f- and the puffer fish pterodactyl that we mentioned earlier. This lowers a victim's metabolic rate almost, so they act like they are dead, but they aren't. But you can't see them breathing. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think he came back from the dead, or? I think that's he what he wants you to think. I'd like to know a bit more about this um, father and illegitimate children and then just yeah. turning up a few years later. 
But they seen him be- go into the grounds. How did he get out? Might have got dug up. But Might how? Body snatches. Mm, 20 years later, though, would he have survived? He, he was working on a sugar plantation, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but then he came into the town 20 years later. He said he, said he got made into a zombie. Yeah, so the person made him into a zombie. They buried him. Mm-hmm. And then, because he was still in that zombification state, they took him off the ground again, took him to wherever he was working. Oh, yeah. And off he went. But then, why why is he, like, gone out, like, snapped out of it and came back? And can he, he can answer questions that only family members know. I'm not too familiar with, like, the whole <laughs> intricacies of zombifying somebody. <laughs> and, you know, like, once the doctor had died, he said two years after he, he snapped out of it, potentially... Once but the person who has hexed him has passed. That's what I mean. So the fella died and two years later he, he rose or snapped out of it. It might just depend on how strong the... The dosage was. Yeah, I, I honestly, I obviously <laughs> cannot answer any of these questions. It's very interesting, but I cannot answer them. But um, I've, I've got one more case. But in Japan, if you, you can eat puffer fish as a delicacy... But there's been famous cases of poisoning, including one of a man who apparently died in a British commerce and he regained consciousness seven days later in a morgue. Yeah, because it's, po- po- it's a puff of fish can be poisonous, can't it? You've got to um, not butcher it, but essentially cut it up in, in a very specific way, I believe. Yeah. Not that I've ever done That's it. That's what that toxin is in the powder of yeah. puff of fish. Anyway, lastly, in October 1936, in the village of Ennery, Haiti, Felicia Felix's mentor stumbled into town in an awful state. Her eyelashes had fallen out, she was dressed in rags, she was walking barefoot and she could not handle direct sunlight. The only problem was that Felicia had died in 1907, 29 years earlier. Eventually her local family, the mentors, said that she did indeed look like a deceased relative of theirs, who supposedly died at the age of 29. The family took her in, but after a few days, she had to be transferred to a state hospital, where she died a few weeks later. She was said to have spoken in a flat, emotionless way, and when she laughed, it was also emotionless. She never referred to herself as I, and she seemed quite indifferent to what was going on about her. There was considerable doubt that Felicia was really one of the walking dead, because x-rays showed that she didn't have a leg fracture, which Felicia supposedly had when she died. One doctor, Dr. Lewis Mars, believed that the woman probably wasn't Felicia and she was suffering from schizophrenia. I don't think that the conclusive evidence with regards to the fracture in the leg, hi Loki. It it could have healed. (laughs) Exactly. So if she was in, if she didn't die, it would have healed. Yeah. I don't know if there'd be any sort of like, remnants if you could still see like a sort of with this where the fracture was maybe. I, don't I suppose know. if it hasn't been like properly treated, then there would be like it wouldn't fuse together properly, would it? Yeah, you may so be able to d- see yeah. ev- some evidence of it of it did happen, but yeah, over time it would heal to an extent. But saying that, would all their family still be alive thirty years? They'd be older, wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, that, that's another question I'd have for that case like if it was her and she hadn't died w- did she look older she was almost twice her age there was a picture of her but there isn't a picture of her before okay <laughs> well, she, in the early 1900s to be yeah. fair cameras weren't very yeah. common so that makes sense um, I think that she probably she probably the same as 
the previous fella might have been buried and he's just just came out yeah it's if it is a, a true practice like zombifying people yeah. and they like, taking them to do you know labor work or yeah. whatever it might be i'm guessing it's very underhanded back back like back market type yeah it's not it's hush hush it's not spoken about openly and freely yeah so what their practices are i don't know but it sounds very similar to that first guy a, a massive like time span has passed yeah and he's just returned but with this one if she's been zombified like if she's sorry like when she's speaking it's emotionless when she's laughing it's emotionless yeah. maybe years of being under the influence of this substance has yeah. just like rotted the brain wonder why she's not really like talking in the first person now I, I guess if i don't know if, if you get but- subject to so much abuse because that's essentially what it'll be isn't it yeah. it's so much abuse and conditioning you're gonna just you're not gonna be a person are you if you're a slave if you get told that something that is black is actually white and you'll get told that every single day for 20 years essentially you, you eventually your brain's probably gonna start thinking yeah. that everything's black is white yeah well she passed away in hospital so we never really got a proper conclusion did she though Mm, yeah, she, she might. She's gonna turn back up soon. <laughs> so, oh, so you, oh, do you think whatever her name is Felicia? Felicia. <laughs> so, so you think that zombies are real, based on the real life zombie cases that I've gave you? I think. Don't know if you can hear Loki on a little jingle out there. <laughs> um, do I think zombies are real? I think they can be. The reason I think they can be is that we're defining something that we've made up. Yeah, zombies are man-made. So, I think in one person's description or... Description? Yeah. No, what you get in the dictionary? Definition. Definition. I think in one person's definition, you could be a zombie if you sleep for 12 hours and wake up in a day state. I was just going to say that, like, on a Monday you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm so so zombie today. Yeah, or you don't get enough sleep. Yeah. Something like that. But then in another person's definition, you might have to eat flesh. For, for some Ugh. reason and perform some part of cannibalism yeah but i think that is just because it's a man-made concept we've just added in these bits and pieces that people find scary yeah. so people find cannibals scary so let's make them cannibals yeah people find that people find people with mental illness scary as well unfortunately yeah and the dead yeah because we don't know what happens afterwards yeah we've added that element of the unknown in yeah so it's just all these different definitions and all these different aspects have been added into one boiling pot and then made this zombie pie zombie <laughs> concoction yeah what would what makes them kill though like going on to the drug ones though well what? the first guy he got his bible stolen apparently yeah but the second one he just ate truffle oil or something uh, that was because he hadn't eaten any food <laughs> would you been waiting people? a long time <laughs> And by the sounds of it, you've been waiting for four hours to be served. Why were they in the restaurant for that long? Just go somewhere else. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, I don't know. It's that's a, that's that is probably a question for a psychologist. Yeah, I don't think zombies are real, and I think that people who react to drugs in that way probably do have an underlying mental illness. Yeah, and it's just been stimulated or overstimulated yeah. by the drugs. Yeah. What was you? Did I? Oh yeah, I've already asked you what your favorite zombie film is. My favorite zombie film. Hmm, we watched one yesterday, and I really like that. I think that's my new favorite zombie film. Okay, we'll be reviewing that in this week's Sunday Scaries. Yeah. Um, I think that my just on a bit of a tangent before we end. 
not a tangent because it is topical. zombie related i think my like toxic trait as a human being is thinking i could survive the zombie apocalypse i think you could survive i think you could survive it though i think the reason if i got killed is if i'd be looking after you yeah i was just about to say that honestly because you do something fucking really stupid and i'd be like, trying to save you or something i wouldn't mean to do anything stupid i would just do it I wouldn't make like I wouldn't like touch like an, a toy that made a noise or anything like on a quiet place. Oh, I was like, where the fuck did that come from? That's the maddest thing I've ever heard. But I think I couldn't survive the zombie apocalypse because they eat a lot of beans, <laughs> <laughs> and I would rather stop. <laughs> I think if we were in the zombie apocalypse and you said that sentence to me, I would. You'd I'd, I'd feed you to the zombie. <laughs> I think you'd survive. I don't think I would survive. You would survive because I'd just leave you in this whatever safe place that we found and just keep coming back with food for you. I know, but I wouldn't leave Fifi or Loki, so... Well, this this might be the safe place. Loki, Loki would die first. Loki would go be friends with the zombie. No, he wouldn't. He would. He wouldn't. He'd run over, smack them and run away. <laughs> <laughs> no, Loki would die first. Me and Loki and then you and Fifi would just be like... Um, on the last of us with the dog like the man with the dog or whatever <laughs> will smith yeah oh that's it on i am legend yeah, isn't it yeah. that'd be you and fifi <laughs> me and lucky okay and gone <laughs> zombie food <laughs> you walk around with an assault rifle and fifi's, going <laughs> <laughs> fifi's worse than assault rifles <laughs> so do, if you have any if you have any zombie stories <laughs> or whether you have any tips for surviving zombie apocalypse I think Wait, actually, you what's your plan? You said you had a plan? Was this no, a different it, episode? It, it differs. So it's like day to day. It depends what type of day it is. It depends where I am. So it's like obviously, if it happened right now, I'm in, a, in the house. So first of all, it's obviously secure the house. Find out what food we... Well, not find out what food we have because I know what food we have, but like <laughs> set a plan. To we got noodles the other day that last for ages. <laughs> like we eat one noodle a day. <laughs> but we, loads of cat food. We had do a loads of cat food to be fair. <laughs> It was on Amazon Prime <laughs> deal, so I got like four boxes of it. I think as well, as well, because I'm really blind and deaf without my glasses. Not deaf without my glasses. I mean, <laughs> I'm blind. Apparently, also a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I am really blind without my glasses. So I think I would just, I'd just give up in the end. Of it. I can't fucking see. And you'd be shouting me going, Emma, move out the way. And I'd just be like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, more than likely. But we figured out recently, here's, this is going off tangent. When I speak to Emma, she says I'm mumbled, and I know I do speak quietly sometimes. But Emma says what every single time I speak. <laughs> she always says it. And now I've been catching her out lately. I've been tricking her. And she just says it for the fucking joy of saying what to it's me. It's just to try and get you to change your answer or whatever. What is it? What answer? I'm, I'm really usually asking you the question. <laughs> I don't hear you. It comes out. She does hear me. She's lying. So, to conclude this matter, <laughs> we believe that Josh and Luke, Josh and Fifi would survive in a zombie apocalypse. Me and Lukey would be zombie foods. Oh, we'd look after you, so don't worry. Uh, no, Fifi wouldn't. Fifi fucking throw oh, Lukey. I'd look after the lorry. So <laughs> I'd do anyway, basically. Sort <laughs> yourself, don't worry. Um, We'd be fucked because we live across the cemetery. And all the zombies would come in to us. Our neighbours would be zombies before we would because... Oh, i just turn them into an army. Our neighbours? No, the zombies. <laughs> I was going to say, all right, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was a bit far. It didn't come with like, the political party and like, the, the very strong racial views. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, to conclude this matter, we would survive if Josh sorted us out <laughs> and made an army. Um, Emma's blind and deaf without her glasses. And loves to wear what? And loves to wear what and doesn't like beans. Um, so if you've got any zombie stories or any tips on how to survive the zombie apocalypse or whether you believe that any zombie that zombies can be real, you can email us at acrossthecemetery at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on social media. So we're on TikTok and X at AX Cemetery. And we're on Instagram at Across the Cemetery. And if you'd like to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, that would be very beneficial for the podcast. And we'd love to know what you think anyway. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.